Hello fellow nerds, it's Stephanie. Welcome to another episode of what I'm going to start calling Nerd Girl Rants. Now, if you're new here, this is basically where I rant, I ramble, I vent about something I either really, really love, or I probably didn't love so much, or maybe I'm somewhere in the middle of things. Either way, this is where I do it, and this is where you get to hear it. So, I hope you all enjoy, and here we go. So, what do I have to rant about today? Um, oh boy. Um, it's funny because I was going to dedicate a whole episode talking about sort of all these trailers that came out from Comic-Con last week. Um, but there was this bit of news that I guess I felt that I really wanted to dedicate this episode to that news more than I wanted to dedicate it to like oh how I felt about the Aquaman trailer or the Shazam trailer or Glass or the Godzilla King of Monsters trailer and even um what was the other one oh the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer um that came out so I could have honestly talked about those trailers and called it a day um but really what I really wanted to talk about was this news about how my favorite show of pretty much all time Buffy the Vampire Slayer is getting a reboot like officially and I have very very mixed feelings about it um so this is the part where I get uh, a bit personal because uh I really can't explain to people how much this show actually means to me um but pretty much any of my friends that know me they associate me with Buffy because I was obsessed with it when I first started watching I was 13 um when I first started watching, they would play reruns on FX, sort of in the morning, and I'm I'm a morning person, so I'm awake maybe around, let's see, yeah, about like 6 o'clock, 6 in the morning, 6 or 7 a.m., I am awake, um, and I would have plenty of time to get ready, to eat breakfast, and um, FX used to play Buffy the Vampire Slayer episodes at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and... Um, and I'm trying to remember what was the first episode I saw. Oh, gosh. I think it was actually the freshman episode, um, when it's the episode where she goes to college. Um, and I don't know. I just kept watching it. It would be on in the morning. There would be nothing else on, and I would watch that. Um, but if you're wondering, well, is that the first time you experienced Buffy? No. Um... To be honest, the first time I saw uh, that I remember an episode of Buffy's when I was very, very young. I had no idea it was a Buffy episode um, until the title sequence came up. But I was about eight when I um, when I first saw. Not not that I vaguely saw it, but it was like I wasn't the one watching Buffy. It was my stepdad at the time. He was the one watching Buffy, and. Um, and it was the Halloween episode, the episode where um, basically Buffy and the gang go to Ethan Rand's costume shop and they buy costumes from his shop and whatever costume you bought, you instantly became that thing that you bought. So Willow just wore, you know, she bought like a sheet and she became a ghost. Um, Xander was a soldier. He actually became a soldier and poor Buffy was like this, like... I want to say, uh, she was like a renaissance 
girl and like a damsel basically she was not a vampire slayer at all and um I remember being terrified of of that episode because I had never seen you know I have I had seen like I guess when I pictured vampires I pictured just the fangs and a human looking face and I remember seeing Spike's face and being terrified and I was eight years old and I hid behind the lazy boy my stepdad used to have and I just couldn't watch it I was so so terrified so I remember that episode when I was eight and since then I didn't have anything else to do with Buffy I just remember it was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode and that was it I didn't think that like five years later it would become the show that I would be really really obsessed with um nor did I think it was the show that would actually help me cope with things that were going on when I was 13, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very, very important show. And, um, and so I really wanted to talk about it, how I felt about this reboot happening. So I'm going to start off by actually giving you all a bit of a history lesson, if you don't mind. This is where I drop some knowledge on you. But if for those of you listening who have never heard of this show, I just wanted to give you some background. So basically, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was originally a movie that was made in 1992. And it was written by the series creator Joss Whedon at the time. And the whole reason he wanted to make this, uh, he wrote this movie basically, was that he wanted to sort of flip this trope that was happening in horror movies and if you have seen any horror movie you know that there's this trope about how the blonde girl in almost every single one of these movies any slasher film that you watch gets killed um whether it's in a dark alley or you know a campground just anything blonde girl she's gone um and so he wanted to turn that on its head he wanted the blonde girl to be the one that doesn't get killed. He actually wanted her to be empowered and strong. It was it was something he wanted to show. Um, and the thing about the movie is that the movie is really, really bad. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me, but I know crap when I see it. And, um, and that's, ooh, God, it's bad. Um, but basically, him and the director who directed the film, whose name I cannot pronounce, um, so if somebody who's listening wants to help me pronounce the name of this, I will love you. Um, but basically the director had a different interpretation of Joss Whedon's script, and the director saw it as more of a pop culture comedy about people's thoughts about vampires. Um, so th- I guess you could say the director saw it more as a parody. So if you're familiar with the bad parody movies of like epic movie the scary movies I mean scary movie one is really good the rest of them are um but like even I think there was another oh vampire sucks that's the one that's one I can't remember what year that one came out but it was that vampire sucks was the parody of all like the twilight movies and the vampire cliches and basically the 1992 movie was kind of the vampire sucks of its time and that's what the director saw it as whereas Joss Whedon was trying to see it more of like a horror movie but the protagonist is the blonde girl the blonde girl that we all expect to die but she doesn't she's actually the one saving everybody that's what he wanted clearly he didn't win out at the end and we got this terrible movie starring Christy Swanson and Luke Perry um so yeah that that's a bummer you know but 
eventually, five years later, he kind of got the version that he wanted, which is the TV series um, that aired on March 10th, 1997, and lasted seven seasons and ended on May 20th, 2003. And yes, I know this bit of information because I was 13 when I was like 2003, and... um, So I got into Buffy just as it was ending. So I will always remember that. Um, But yeah. So he basically, Joss Whedon wrote the script for the pilot as a sequel to the movie that he originally wrote. And um, he even makes some references to the actual movie. um, With some slight changes sort of explaining how Buffy ends up in Sunnydale and, you know, vice versa. So there's little changes, but otherwise you you get the idea that she is really that LA girl that is moving to a new town. Um, and then if you didn't know, even before the original pilot, uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth, there was a 25-minute non-pilot um, that I'm pretty sure is in one of my DVD collections. I can't remember if it's in the season one collection or if it's in a or if it's maybe, I want to see maybe it's in season seven. I am uncertain. But I, I'm saying season one because that's how I feel. I feel that would be the most appro- uh, appropriate place for it. But yeah, if, <laughs> the twenty-five non, uh, twenty, the non-pilot basically that never made it to air wasn't really that great either, um, especially because they had a different actress for Willow. It wasn't played by the lovely Ed Allison Hannigan that we know now. Um, but yeah, clearly, clearly. Um, he he had his idea he worked on it and he finally got it to fruition and it turned out well for for Joss Whedon um in the end um wow (laughs) I really could go on and on about the history of this show because or um I really could like I could get real real sweaty about it um like I, I like I said I'm not kidding uh I have all seven seasons of this show on you know like I ha- I have them all because um, at the time if you know there was no streaming at the time when I was watching Buffy so if I wanted to watch Buffy or re-watch Buffy it was either I watched the reruns on the on the cable networks that I had or you collected the DVDs so that way you could watch them on your DVD player and replay them over and over um and I have uh but yeah just um Seriously, I have seen all those special features. I have listened to all the audio commentary way too many times. It's just, this was a show I was obsessed with and I loved so very, very much. I wanted to know every single detail about the show. I wanted to quote everything that these characters said. They were so witty, so funny. There was just... It was those quotes I would try and use in my everyday life when I went to school. And then if somebody understood my reference, I was like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Um, and most of the time, nobody got my reference. I was like, oh, I, I feel a little weird just knowing so much about the show that I feel like nobody else watches. Um, but yeah, basically, Buffy the Vampire Slayer to me is like my Star Wars or Star Trek equivalent. You have those people that are so hardcore about, you know, about Star Wars, who just know the name of every single, like, 
weapon and droid and like aircraft that's in Star Wars and you know even with Star Trek you have people who speak Klingon and people who know the name of every single alien species from Star Trek and basically that's what Buffy is to me I know the names of all these demons that popped up in these shows even the ones that Buffy just kills in just like a second um but I just I love this show so much so Basically, just like Star Wars and Star Trek, my Buffy the Vampire Slayer series that I love is getting a reboot. Um, and like I said, I have mixed feelings because, and it feels like I could easily be like, nope, no gracias, I don't want this, no me gusta, I don't want it. Like, I honestly could be in that corner, I really could be. Um, but like I said, I'm mixed because there's a part of me that's curious about this reboot so I'm I'm a little bit intrigued so um basically I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about how I read these two articles one is from Entertainment Weekly the other one is from the Hollywood Reporter that's where I I read more stuff on Entertainment Weekly that's where I get most of my news um and then sometimes um if they tell me who reported it first um, then I'll go read the original article, and I think it told me the Hollywood Reporter was the one who um, reported on the story. I honestly remember just reading both and being like, okay, so it is happening. Um, because that was my first question when I was reading these articles, like, is this really happening? Like, is this a joke? And I do remember, I think, I don't know if it was last year or a few years ago, about the possibility of a reboot happening, but I thought, nope. That there's no way, there's no way that I honestly was just like, nope, nobody will touch that series. You know, Josh Whedon's got his own crap. He's doing what, you know, as far as I knew, there was nobody that was going to touch that property. And I was wrong. <laughs> um, so, like, I wasn't thrilled when I heard that news then, and I'm kind of not thrilled about it now. Um, but there's a couple things that I that I was intrigued by, so... Basically, I like the fact that the showrunner um, is going to be a lady, which I feel like it should be, um, and that this lady is also going to be writing the pilot. Um, apparently, her credentials are that she worked on Alias, and that she's working on this other show called Midnight Texas, which um, which I know that show is based on the Charlene books, because I, <laughs> I work at a library, so basically now I know all these, like, book series and then whenever something is popping up like as an ad on YouTube I'll be like oh I've, I've seen that book so that's happening um <laughs> but um and then the other thing that really sort of piqued my interest was the fact that Joss Whedon was coming back as sort of an executive producer capacity so I was thinking he's probably going to be acting more like a Greg Berlanti like uh like Greg Berlanti acts for the DC shows like he's an executive producer he's you know, but he's not the one running the ship. He's just the one that's making sure the ship is there. <laughs> and that's why I feel like Joss Whedon is, that's what kind of what he's doing. Um, but other than that, there wasn't anything else about any more casting or who's going to direct this pilot. So it's still pretty early. But basically, these articles just said it's official. It's going to happen. Um, 
there's a few things that were also mentioned, like they're trying to make it more contemporary and more richly diverse. Um, now, I have nothing against diversity. I am, um, I'm all for it, basically. I'm a Latinx girl, and I'm always happy to see whenever somebody from, you know, Latin America is on my TV screen. I'll be like, yes, another one. Because, um, I mean, I know it sounds cliche and maybe a little cheesy, but res- representation is important. It's super, super important. Um, so, again, I applaud the fact that... Uh, also mentioned in this article that they were really going towards trying to cast the new Buffy as a black girl. Um, not that we haven't had a black girl slayer before. Shout out to Kendra. Oh, my girl Kendra. Uh, <laughs> um, but basically it made me go, huh, okay, this could be interesting. But the other thing that also made me go, okay, was that, well, if you're going to make Buffy a black girl, then if you're going to be more diverse about it, then go all the way, you know, make the rest of the supporting group just as diverse as your lead. Because the last thing I want is to see that, okay, I got, you know, a black girl Buffy, but then you're going to tell me she's going to be surrounded by, you know, the same, you know, Caucasian people as like the other, like, I don't know. It just, if you're going to be diverse, go all the way for it. Give me a, you know, give me a biracial Xander. Give me an Asian angel and give me a, you know, give me a Latinx willow. Just give me, give me all that if you're going to really go for it. Um, and don't make it feel like she's just the token character just because of her, you know, of her ethnicity. Um, and then I think the other thing that I, I don't know why, but for some reason I don't like recently all these reboots that like I'll see articles for shows that are being rebooted and I hate the word, I think contemporary is really getting annoying to me as far as being used to describe these reboots and why they feel like they, they're necessary. But, um, I mean, I understand why people feel like they need to add that word as far as explaining a reboot. Um, because, yeah, no, it's, it's a little weird because, you know, I'm on YouTube a lot. Um, I watch a lot of shows on YouTube and I watch a lot of reactors on YouTube and and recently I've been noticing or maybe because I've been watching a lot of Buffy fan videos but recently I'll see YouTube suggest to me certain reactors to go watch because they've been watching Buffy so then I've you know there's a couple reactors out there that I'll exclusively watch just to see their reactions and again a lot of them started watching Buffy so um so it's so it's a little weird because it's their first time watching Buffy and I have and I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched Buffy but even I know it's it is outdated um just seeing the just seeing the computers that are in their computer lab or or just the fact that you know, um, Buffy says this line, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. Um, nobody has a pager anymore unless you're, I don't know, a doctor. Um, but yeah, it's just, I know it's outdated. But the thing is, as I watch these reactors who are watching the show for the first time, it's as much as it is outdated, the central 
story and themes and the characters are still there and there's still characters you can relate to despite the fact that it's a sh- you know a show that took place long before your time um so I don't know it's just I feel like the contemporary thing is just so that way they can say well now we can say it's set in our time so it's more I don't know it just it feels like they're trying to say it's more relatable if we actually have all like this technology that we have now and that the characters react to it it's just I don't know it's just I'm really getting tired of the word contemporary in these reboots if anything um if people really want to reboot something just I don't know say use a different word just say you know what we have a new story we have something that we really want to tell and we want to show it to people don't throw the word we want to make it more contemporary it's just I don't know it's it feels like a big old sales pitch and I kind of hate it um but but yeah the contemporary thing really got to me because as far as I know it just feels like they're this reboot they're just trying to set it in 2018 um or you know by the time this reboot comes out it might be 2019 or 2020 um but I don't know I just I feel like just the thought of having if they're going to go back to how the show started with Buffy being a teen, then they'll end up making Buffy a teen again. And I don't know, like the line I mentioned earlier that Buffy says, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. I feel like if they're going to start quoting something, like let's say maybe they wanted to do a callback to that in the reboot show. Like I just can't picture Buffy saying, okay, if the apocalypse comes at me, since you know, it's Twitter, so everybody acts at each other or whatever. Just, I don't know, that just sounds so odd to me. I'm, I can't even explain why it feels odd to me. It's just, I don't really feel like I want to do what they social media savvy Buffy. <laughs> like, that's not the Buffy I want. Um, but again, it, maybe I'm the only one that feels that way, but it just, it just feels so odd. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, so then the other thing that intrigued me was that the fact that, uh, the TV studio that's producing it, uh, Fox 21, um, basically they're pitching this reboot to streaming and cable, so, which I really love, um, I feel like it'd be better if it was on a streaming service, because it's such a thing now, but I feel like with streaming, you can be more, I don't know, I feel like streaming is more flexible, like, it lets you be more, um, what's the thing, like, you have more creative freedom, if you're on a streaming service. So like if you're on a Netflix, a Hulu, an Amazon Prime, um, I mean, it'd be cool if maybe they did put this reboot on Hulu considering um, all seven seasons of Buffy are on Hulu. So just a little, you know, in case you've never watched the show, I would suggest you go watch it. Um, but yeah, it just feels like there's more creative freedom there. And, um, and the show could probably get away with more things. So it could probably lean more into horror, maybe be a little bit more violent. Hell, maybe the characters could curse a bit more. Um, so I don't know. There's, there's potential there. I see potential there, but again, it, the potential could be like, this could be really, really great, or this could be really, really bad. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I've... I've been hearing more reboots about shows that I used to watch, and these were shows that were made in the 90s, because the CW is doing two shows right now that are being rebooted from 90s properties that they used to air. Um, So if you haven't heard, basically they're doing a Charmed reboot and a Roswell reboot. Um, 
and I've seen both trailers for the the shows um and I don't know I just again that word contemporary kind of pops up in my head but um but basically I think the one that intrigued me more was the Roswell one um just because it did look it did look different than what the original show was because I used to also watch Roswell um but I like the fact that at least with that reboot, they decided we're going to make these characters older. We're going to make Liz be, you know, a, a Latina. Um, and we're going to, you know, it, it just looks, it looks different. So they were, so they were kind of having the best of both worlds. They wanted it to be contemporary and they wanted for it to be diverse. Um, but it just, it just looked different to me. Like, they're like, okay, this is a reboot. This is something different that we're going to start telling and I didn't want it to be a copy and paste situation at least as far as the Roswell um reboot because it again it could be easy for them to be like well we'll just do Roswell how it was back then just with a bunch of teen teens who are all brooding and all like I have to hide the seek you know the fact that I'm an alien blah 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 so I do like the fact that at least the Roswell reboot, they're older, they're more adult, and, you know, that the fact that they've had to deal with being aliens a lot longer than, I don't know, it's just, that reboot felt different to me, even though I'm not a big fan of the people behind that show, because um, it's being made by the same lady who made Vampire Diaries, and I didn't really like Vampire Diaries all that much, so I'm, I'm really hoping that that reboot does a lot better. Um, Whereas the Charmed One feels like a copy and paste situation where they just decided, okay, we're still going to do the same thing, but instead we're just going to take out, you know, the fact that they were white ladies to begin with and put, you know, I think it's the two girls, two of them are Latinas and the other one I think is mixed. Um, but basically they were, they were really leaning on the diversity bit, but it feels more like a copy and paste where it feels like, okay. So what 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 are you telling that's so different this time? Um and um I remember there was some controversy when this first was announced, the charmed one, um the charmed reboot I should say, that the original cast was like not really happy with it, especially cuz the way things were worded, um just something about how like I guess the original show wasn't feminist at all and I was like, are you are you kidding? Like <laughs> like did you not watch the original show at all like it was pretty feminist for its time so I don't know why this reboot felt the nerve or the article that I read had the not the nerve but had to I guess sort of express that more like this one is gonna be you know they're gonna be more diverse now and more feminist and I'm just like okay diverse good the feminist thing the other show was just was also feminist okay just slow your roll um but I don't know the, the charm reboot just feels copy and paste to me and there was nothing really excuse my pun magical about <laughs> the trailer that I watched so it felt pretty bland to me but again I could be you know proven wrong maybe when I when I watch the two pilots for these for these shows maybe the Roswell one is bad and maybe the charmed one's really good I I I'll never know until I see the final product, I guess you could say. But as of right now, just based on what I have seen, that's how I feel. Um, so, 
back to my Buffy rant. <laughs> Sorry, I took a little bit of a, like a, I sidetracked a bit. Um, but I guess my questions that still keep popping up are like, why do we need a reboot of Buffy? And is it necessary? And honestly, no. <laughs> um, my questions to both of those, well, at least to the necessary part is no, I don't think it is necessary. Um, especially cause to be honest, I feel like Buffy created such a vast world. It's it's the Buffyverse, basically, you know, because Buffy eventually had the spinoff of Angel. Um, but it's it's a vast world. You can do stuff with that world and not have it be exclusively tied to the original show. And I would rather see an original series set in that world. I mean, it's a playground. The Buffyverse is a playground. Why not give someone a chance to play in the playground and come up with something new and different? And um, this is the part where I'm going to get into spoilers. So if you have never watched Buffy, this is your official spoiler warning. Ugh. You see, can't even talk. This is what happens when I try to ramble. Um, but basically, this is the spoiler, spoiler warning. Um, so, uno, dos, tres, and welcome to the spoiler part of my rant. Um, but basically, at the end of season seven, there is a concept that was introduced about potential slayers. Um, so if you don't know the mythology, basically all you need to know is that when a slayer dies, another girl takes her place. So that's kind of what happened with Buffy. A slayer died, then she became the slayer. Um, so basically Buffy decided, um, in season seven was the last season, but, um, Buffy decided to change that rule and make it so that all the girls who could potentially be slayers actually become slayers. Um, so basically, in other words, Buffy was not the only one anymore. Um, although, to be fair, she hasn't really been alone as far as being the only slayer. Um, because, again, spoilers, she did die. And uh, technically, she's not even the official, uh, official active slayer, as it were. Um, because that went to Kendra and then when Kendra spoiler alert died um then it was Faith so basically um if we're still going if the, if Buffy hadn't changed this role we Faith would have still been the one and only Slayer and then if Faith died somebody else would have taken her place um either way that's a tangent and we can talk about Buffy's mythology on a different episode I could go into that in more detail but right now um Basically, moving on, just the point that I was trying to make is that the show sort of left it on a, I guess left it open, as it were, from a creative standpoint. So that way you could do something, um, I guess you could do something more with the show if you really wanted to. So like, why can't this reboot, as it were, be about, why can't this, you know, just why can't it be about one of these new potential slayers like in this universe you know the show left it off that way so that it wasn't just Buffy anymore there could be multiple girls who could be slayers um and basically like I don't understand why it has to still be called Buffy like I wanted I guess I'm on the side of like I just want it to be different let it be a new girl um let Buffy sort of be like the Luke Skywalker of the Buffyverse you know like she's a legend like why can't she be like that or maybe would she be more of the Obi-Wan I am not sure I'm just saying Luke Skywalker just because of like the stuff I've seen in Last Jedi Luke Skywalker is like a legend and I feel like Buffy is a legend so why can't she kind of be like that um 
you know, um, because at this point it feels like you already know Buffy's story. You already know, like, like, why do we have to go through this again? I just, again, wouldn't it be just cool that, you know, to know that maybe, what if maybe if this show was an original series, like, wouldn't it just be cool that, to know that she is still around, she is like a legend, and, um, and now we're following maybe a new Slayer who was, you know, who, who's trying to live in this world that she's either trying to live up to the legend, or maybe she's just trying to forge her own path, um, and then why can't we have this new girl have her own cast of supporting characters, and, you know, and probably add more on to the show's mythology that maybe we don't even know, you know, it just, there's so much you could do, like, you could go the different, you could go a different route, and, um, and if you don't go that way, then why not do a series about, like, previous Slayers, you know, or, like, um, because there have been more Slayers before Buffy, so why not, you know, maybe do, like, a series about one of them, and, you know, it could be, like, a period piece, um, like, you know, give me a, a Slayer that was living in the 20s who was a flapper, you know, and, you know, that was living in this world where, like, the, the roaring 20s were great, and then, you know, leading up into, like, the Depression, just, you know, or give me a Slayer who was an Air Force pilot in World War II, um, I don't know, um, but honestly, there is, <clears throat> I would seriously recommend if you are a, um, if you love reading graphic novels, if you're a comic book lover like myself, um, go pick up Tales of the Slayers. It is an anthology series, um, and it's one of my favorites, and even writers from the show have contributed to it, but basically, it's, you get little glimpses, and you get little glimpses into these, uh, past Slayers, and see what they were doing, and you do get to see how some of them, you know, met their, met their gruesome end, basically, um, but it is a must-read if you are a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I would definitely go read Tales of the Slayers if you wanted to know more about just the Slayer mythology in general. And um, there's even Tales of the Vampires where you get to read more about certain vampires and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like you could do stuff with it because it's just it's different, you know? Or you know what, or maybe just give me an anthology series, kind of like an American, like an American horror story, you know, where like one season could be about one of these previous slayers, another season could be about a a vampire, and then the third season could be about maybe one of these new potential slayers, you know, um, or even maybe a slayer that we get in like a dystopian future or whatever, um, or you could just go read Frey, which is another good comic book series um, that's actually written by Joss Whedon about a slayer um, who's living in the future. So, like I said, there is so much that you could do in this in this vast universe that, you know, that Joss Whedon created. And it just feel it feels like a missed opportunity that we're just going to end up rebooting a series when there's other things you could do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just feels like it's like, it's a vast playground and no one's taking advantage of it. So, I mean, I'm hoping for the best as far as this reboot, maybe it's 
so good that it changes my mind and my feelings about how I feel right now. Um, but honestly, I, I just feel like it's unnecessary. Um, and as a creative person, I would want to do something new and fresh, even if it's based on an existing IP. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, those are my thoughts. Um, I didn't know how long this rant was going to be, but, but yeah, just, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, but I honestly would like to hear what other people think. What are your opinions? Um, if you're a Buffy fan like myself, are you excited, scared, hesitant, or just outright against the idea of this reboot? Um, and if you're not a Buffy fan, does the reboot, um, does the idea of the reboot intrigue you at all? Or are you more of a, I'll wait and see what it's actually going to look like before I, you know, delve into a new thing. Um, but please, uh, just, let me know your thoughts, and I would really, you know, appreciate it. So, <laughs> um, so before I, I leave you, I'm pretty much going to close out this podcast. Um, basically, I wanted to pay my respect to someone. Um, I've never met this person, but, um, but basically, it's because of this person that I even dared to do this, um, or that I'm even daring to continue to pursue having a podcast at all. Um, but he was a online personality that always talked about his passions all the time on like Collider Movie Talk and more specifically on Collider Heroes. And that man is a man called John Schnepp. Um, unfortunately this, this man passed away and, um, and if there was anyone that I would have wanted to meet from the internet, it would have been him. Because um, he just seemed like he knew so much about comic books and movies. Um, there, uh, He made this documentary called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, um, which talks about this canceled Superman movie that Tim Burton was going to make um, called Superman Lives. And it just... It never got made, and he made an and John Snap made an entire documentary about what happened. Like, how did this movie just not get made? Um, and it's it's a little trippy because it's like you get to see Nick Cage in like this weird Superman costume because that's who we were gonna get as our Superman. We were gonna get Nicolas Cage, um, and that costume looks ridiculous. But it's it's such a I love documentaries and it's probably one of my favorites as far as just documentaries go. So I would definitely recommend it if you're just, if you either love documentaries or if you're just a big Superman fan, that's definitely something you should go see. Um, or even if you're just a Tim Burton fan and you just want to see what was one of his potential projects. I mean, it's just, it's such a good, it's so good. Um, but still, um, John Schnapp was somebody I loved watching on Heroes and I didn't realize he basically worked on all these other shows that I also used to watch when I was a teen. Like, I had no idea he was a writer on Aqua Teen Hunger Force and that he was the voice of the freaking Wisdom Cube. Like, oh my god. Like, I didn't even realize that was him until I actually, um, until I went, oh, wait. Like, it's, it's so weird because, like, you hear people's voices, like, in shows that you watch and you're like, I know that voice. I know it. I had no idea it was that guy um and he also worked on space ghost coast to coast like uh 
there was these shows I used to watch in Adult Swim, and I had no idea what I was watching because some of these shows were just really weird and trippy, but I I like weird, <laughs> weird stuff, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, um, you heard me say this earlier, and maybe you guys are very confused by what I said, but, um, you see, John Snap was this guy who coined this term sweaties, um, and I did use it earlier, so if you guys caught my reference, I applaud you, and you are my new favorite people in the world, um, so, but if you guys didn't get the reference, or you were confused, or you thought I just, some, I said something really gross, um, pretty much the term sweaty is just, you know, it's what he would say to sort of, to be like, if you love something so much, if you're really passionate about it, then you, you know, you just, you get really nerdy about it, but he liked to use the word sweaty, and it's just like, and that's what he was, he was the king of the sweaties, he was passionate about whatever he talked about, and he just, he was just one of those people you watched on on Collider Heroes and you knew he was genuine. You just knew the man knew his crap and that he loved what he was talking about. And if he didn't like what he was talking about, he was still very passionate about why he didn't like the thing that he was talking about. Um, but yeah, he just, you know, and then he called, you know, the fans that watch Collider Heroes, he called the sweaties and he would be like, hey, sweaties and or comic book. I liked comic book shop shopping a lot so when that show was happening that's what he would call people watching um but yeah he was just so passionate whether it was about comics movies tv he just he was just so into it and he's been an inspiration for me to go out and just pursue what I want and not really give a damn if anyone's going to support me or not so basically it, it just feels like I mean the first episode I recorded was two weeks ago and it was just like it was just like a test episode. I just thought, well, why don't I just try this? And that maybe it won't turn out great or whatever. And we'll see how this goes. But honestly, at this point now, because of this man, um, I just feel like, screw it. I'm going to continue to do this. And, you know, and if I want to continue it, I'm going to keep going. Um, I mean, if I want to write a ridiculous story on Wattpad, then why the hell not? Um, and then, you know, if people read it or people don't read it or if people listen to this or people don't, like, who cares? I'm doing something that I really want to do. And this man that I will never, ever meet just inspired me so, so much. Um, and basically, it's just like, if it's something that makes me happy, I should do it. Um, but really, my condolences and my heart go out to his friends and family who are missing him dearly and... Um, and I extend my condolences and, you know, to the Collider crew. Um, I'm really grateful that they put out those remembrance videos on Monday. Um, they were just so touching and so sweet. And you could clearly tell that he had such an impact on anybody that he met. So I, he will definitely be missed. Um, so, yeah, just... And with that, I'm just going to leave you all. So keep on being nerdy and... Here endeth the rant. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nerd Girl Rants. I really do appreciate anybody that takes the time to listen to me talk. <laughs> but um, if you pretty much want to, you know, either continue 
the conversation with me or just suggest new subjects for me to rant about or new stuff I can watch on Netflix. If you just want to just be like, hey, you should do this or, you know, maybe you could talk, you know what, just follow me on Twitter at NerdPrincess17 um, because, first of all, I am a nerd. Second, I have always wanted to be a Disney princess. And third, the number 17 is just, I don't know, my favorite. Um, But yeah, other than that, thank you so much for listening. And here endeth the outro.